I'm Rebecca Ashton and I want to welcome you to our new endeavour, The Horse Podcast. As equestrian journalists, we get to interview people who are top of their game and have so many ideas and information to pass on. And this often transcribes into quite long interviews, you know, often a few thousand words. And while I personally love to sit down with a cuppa and, and read them, we're aware that sometimes time just isn't your friend and many of you are often a bit too busy to do so. However, we still want you to enjoy the great interviews we have the privilege, and it really is a privilege, to bring you, hence the podcast idea was born. While the interviews we do will still be transcribed and offered to you in written format, with great photos, of course, this is for those of you who want something interesting to listen to while you're getting the dinner ready or driving in the car or mucking up the stables. You know, we don't want you to miss out. So who better to kick it all off than Carl Hester, who is arguably one of our great modern dressage masters. Carl is a great talker with thoughtful ideas. He's just an absolute joy to interview. This was recorded at the end of uh, 2016 in New Zealand. So we touch on life immediately following the Rio Olympics and the decision to retire Vallegro and also um, why he chose to compete in the World Cup last year. We also look at modern dressage, what's good, what's not, and why. Learning from others, and that often controversial topic, the expression of expression, sorry, in the dressage horse. Carl also talks about working with average horses, that's his words, and they're in air quotes, and the importance of belief in your horse. The interview wasn't recorded with the podcast in mind, so please excuse the background noise as we were in a bar. It was actually a great little bar in Auckland. I'm also giving you a screaming child alert about 20 minutes in, so I'm sorry about that, and I hope it's not all too distracting. I think the interview is really worth the noise, and be sure that we enjoyed a couple of fabulous glasses of New Zealand's finest over the course of our chat as well. I'll also put um, the link to the transcribed interview in the show notes so you have access to that. So, for your listening pleasure, here is Carl Hester. <laughs> So you got Rio's done and dusted. Do you find that? Um, do, you, do you always get like a bit of a downer after something like that, like oh, it's all over, or is it like oh thank goodness it's all over? Or? Yeah, I mean in the past I have, but not not this time actually, because I think because Rio was a bit later. So yeah. we, Charlotte and I came back. Uh, I went straight to Spain for a week with some mates, had a little break. And then we had uh, nine horses at our national championships. Oh, right, yeah. So that was only like three or four weeks later after we got back. And, yeah, the reality is, you know, you've got two great horses, you've got two lucky owners, but you also have nine other horses with nine other owners, you know, that yeah, might have been on the back burner, and they yeah. all deserve, you know, the national championships for them is the creme de la creme. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, you have to, like, get yourself going with that lot and, yeah. and you know, get organised. So, actually, by the time we actually thought about Rio, we were already six weeks later, didn't feel down at all. Yeah. <laughs> it was quite Too nice, yeah. It was, a, it was actually really nice. It was, like, it was over and done, and there was no depression, which has been in there before. Yeah. Or, like, yeah. London, where you were totally, like, flaked out with the whole publicity and the Media. excitement and yeah. the whole thing. Uh, whereas this time... You know, in the in the nicest possible way, it was almost just like going to another show. Yeah. Which we yeah, do all the time. Yeah, it was a bit like that too, wasn't it? Well, that's how it felt. Yeah. I mean, just thank God for your mates that you ride with and yeah, all the rest yeah. of it, because, you know, we were just all there together having a nice time, yeah. as we do, and there was not really an atmosphere in the stadium. No, there wasn't. Um, 
which made it all a lot easier to be honest because yeah. the pressure felt a lot lot less yeah and you're away from that home crowd I guess yeah so. and I mean no, I mean you know and everybody to be honest the way it, the way it had been portrayed I think to the public and the riders um, you know, put everybody on coming. Nobody came from home because it was all sort of like, well, it won't be worth it. It won't be very nice. So, but and the reality was, yeah, exactly. I mean, like, honestly, when people get sent to me, you worried about Zika. I'm like, people go on holiday to Rio every day. You know, they have been doing it for years, and they're doing it right now. This is months before we're going. Yeah. Why isn't anyone coming back with it? Yeah. To England. Yeah. You know, why isn't it talked about all the time? I said, so I'm not even. You know, that doesn't even enter it. Um, so, I mean, and, and the reality was, it was actually really nice. Yeah. It was really well ran. We went out to some lovely places to and had a nice time. And, you know, could have easily got tickets and enjoyed it. Yeah. So, <laughs> but unfortunately, it hadn't come across like that. <laughs> so it was a shame. Yeah. But, um, but do you find it harder now? Like, now that everything's picked up and Contest now is that harder because everyone's at you and wanting a bit of you, or is it easy because you can pick and choose a bit more what you can do? Or is there pros and cons? Or no pros and cons, isn't there? I mean, I don't. I mean, Charlotte is still, you know. I mean, everything worked out for us. So it was, you know, it was easy. It was easy pressed, easy to deal with. I still quite. I still enjoy chatting to everybody. It doesn't like bother me, you know. I mean, it's not a high, like you said, you know, it's such a such a pain. It's not a pain for me. Oh, that's you know, good. Yeah, no, it, but it is. I enjoy I it. So I enjoy it, and I think you know, yeah. there's the, the downside with it. Comes, there comes a lot of responsibility being in the position we're in. Yeah. That being, you know, what you say gets taken literally. Yeah. How you ride, how you train, how you teach how you speak to people, how you behave with people. I mean, everything does get a bit analysed, which is a bit weird at the end of the day when you're just a rider, you know, <laughs> doing a sport like any other competitor in a sport. Yeah. But on the other hand, we have a responsibility and we have to, like, use it properly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying everything we do is perfect by any means, but I think what we do is quite clear-cut and quite... Yeah quite easy for people to follow. Yeah. But you know that, you know, 90, 99% of people, you know, like, come and see you, they, you know, because they want to understand what you do or yeah. they like what you do. Yeah. And, you know, like, dealing with that 1% of negativity, which there will always be, I'm, yeah. whoever you are. Yeah. Um, yeah, that sometimes does pop to the front and needs a bit of a squashing, but yeah. it's generally, it's generally sure. easy, really, yeah. Yeah. And would you want, um, like, when you're going down that ramp, is that just another show for you? Like, what are you thinking? Of? You're probably not thinking, oh, shit, I'm at the Olympics now. Anymore. I think, you well, for that. us, I mean, bear in mind that... It's well, you, you know, we are responsible from the point of view of like funding uh, and stuff like that, and people's jobs depend on what we're doing. Yeah. With our lottery funding and our talent programs and all the rest of it, I mean, it doesn't. It might not look like you know it's a, it's a team of four, but actually that team of four make a difference to hundreds of people at the bottom, right. or on talent programs and for us in our country because, because of the, the funding goes lottery. The exactly, whole sport. Is that right? it goes through the whole sport. Okay. And it also is obviously success dependent. Okay. So, you know, the fact that okay. Equestrian came home with three medals, two of them were dressage, I mean, that's like hilarious. You know, like the past. Well, it was really good because I went to. Yeah, but normally, but we went to. Blenheim Horse Trials had a thing for us, which is really nice. The director there, Mandy, 
who's a friend of mine from the channel, she said, oh, come with the team and bring your medals. And I just thought, you know, the nicest thing we could do is actually say thanks to the eventing community yeah, because okay. for okay. 30 years or 40 years, or however long you like to call it, we've been carried by eventing. Yeah. Um, and the fact is that this time, you know, we were actually able to say, okay, you had a shit time, it didn't go your way, just one of those things that happens. But for once, we were actually able to step up and like, hold and some medals together and cover them for the next time. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and thank God for Nick as well winning his goal. So, I mean, you realise, you know, how dependent, you know, the yeah. success is to the rest of your sport. You know, so it was important to keep it like that. So yeah. I don't, although, although riding there was easy because of the lack of atmosphere and, you know, we were able to spend a lot of time with, your, with our friends, yeah. the riders and everything, which was really nice. So there wasn't a pressure like that. But I do take it quite seriously, yeah. like what it means yeah. to go home with medals for the rest of our country, really. Yeah. So I always have that in the back of my mind, whatever. Yeah. However relaxing it was. You've still got a, got a job to do. Yeah. Mm. Would you still want like to be in that position? Like you've obviously got pressure on you because you're training the gold medals and you're you know you're obviously up there with the tough and everything. But would you want to be in like like the pressure of Charlotte Thunder if she goes in that arena? I guess no. because you know no, you're quite right. And I mean you know this whole retirement thing. Yeah. It's not only just my decision. Mm. You know I mean it's depend. It was dependent on on her. So I said this is your choice, not mine. Yeah. You know because. Because you are the one that has to ride out there every time, and you are the one that has to keep winning. Yeah. Um, because that's how she rides. And I said, if you don't want to do it anymore, you have my backing. Yes. And if you want to ride him another season, you also have my backing. Yeah. But let's talk about what it means. What do you need to do? What do you need to prove? Um, and if you don't decide to compete at all, you can still ride that horse for the rest of his life. Yeah, it's not like yeah. it's not a breaking it's like up. It's over. Exactly, yeah. it's not over at all. Um, and of course, you know this. And unfortunately, like coming back after Rio and the fact that we hadn't competed him for a year, has contributed to the fact that he's on top of the world. Yeah. He is fit as a fiddle. Yeah. This is his favourite time of year because it's cold at home. He's clipped out. There is nothing still like him in the yard, you know. And then Charlotte rides a bit slack. And you know, it's been it's been a huge choice yeah. that we've made, and I'm pretty sure it's the right one. Yeah. I left it to her in the end to be the one that decided whether it was whether it was go on or stop. And I think that pressure it was nothing to do with the horse or anything else because I said he's never been better. Yeah. It was just quite simply to do within Rio. I mean, she really. Was the last day she said I feel sick. Yeah. That Charlotte hasn't said that ever. Ever. Yeah. And ten minutes when we were outside, she said I feel sick. And I just said, you know, and I looked at her and I just said, don't let. If this is your last ride, do not let that. You know, do not let it finish like this. You know, I don't care whether don't you come. <laughs> yeah, I did. I said, you know, I don't care whether you come fifth, yeah. tenth, or twenty-fifth. I don't care. Yeah. I said, there's nothing to prove, so please... I said, I would please, I said, but just please go down there and just ride like you do at home and enjoy it. You always have done. Don't yeah, make this any different. Yeah. And she did. Yeah. And, I mean, she has something. She had that's such a gift. Yeah. You know, to just go down there and it just all sank away and you just saw it going around the edge and it all disappeared. And, I mean, you know, they did a, as you know, they did a gorgeous performance. So, 
I'm glad it finished like that and I totally understood when she came out and she went never again yeah so that's it I burst into tears she burst into tears you know and it was just that and I never had cried at any of her performances you know but you mean? were standing back weren't you well you it's because everyone was standing you yeah no standing I don't like standing with people yeah. I, don't like, I, don't want pe- I don't want people to hear what I say. I, you know, I talk her way through her tent. <laughs> like a madman to myself. You know, like, more a bit, back a bit. Oh, that was you? good, that oh, was yeah. good, that was not good. You know, or a little bit more of this, yeah. You don't want to be heard like some freaking insane freak. <laughs> you know. So, no, I like being on my own. But that's cool. And um, so if you... The, thing, the next question, I guess it's kind of like three questions in one but if what do you think the biggest mistakes or myths or waste of time people do in their training that's kind of almost mainstream like in their training in the warm-up arena in the competition arena it might be separate might be three the same you know the same thing but what do you think like i don't know just example which isn't really good, like heels down everyone says heels down but shouldn't be heels down you know that yeah or what do you see people doing over and over and you just think why are you doing that or is there nothing I still, I, I still, the biggest mistake is not riding in a, in a warm-up how you ride at home. Yeah. I mean, you know, I try and, we, we try and have a warm-up program that is, that we take to the competitions. Okay. Um, and I still don't believe that most of the people you see warming up, I'm talking probably not at a top level, but at a, a lower yeah, level. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they change and they don't, they don't work on the relaxation because they have to do this and that. And they don't think outside the box either, so, you know, like what they do here, you know, like if your horse has got a different personality at a show you have to think outside the box of, of ways of treating it and people, people aren't adaptable enough um, okay. to, doing, to, doing, yeah. to doing that I suppose, you know, it's just a rigid a rigid training thing yeah. but the other thing is, you, you know, like, you know, the techniques that you use for relaxation stretching, you know like walk breaks, things like that Again, you know, uh, a more competitive or a more nervous rider, they don't pay attention to that enough. You know, like, oh, he feels tested, so I won't keep going stretching until he feels relaxed. I'll just get on with it. Yeah, because, because pressure. Yeah. So that's, yeah, I would say that's my, that'd be the thing you see the most. And I mean, the trouble is, you can't train as, I know some can, but not all of us can get to the ring with your clients or pupils or whatever to actually say this this isn't what we do at home yeah you know let's go back and do what we do at home yeah you know build it up like that and if it you know if you're being thrown something totally different then you know you've still got to stick with your basics of like waiting until you get your stretch and waiting until you get your relaxation um, and that's where people need a hand sometimes. You know, yeah. Just to get a yeah. bit of confidence. How about in the competition or not? Same sort of thing? Like, is it, I wish everyone would just be more accurate or just. Well, it is. I guess it's hard at the top level because there yeah, are people. Yeah, because people already people have, have that. that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, and I don't go to enough other competitions, mm. but. I think from what I remember in the past, really, it's just presentation. You know, I mean, presentation is is such a huge part of dressage. Yeah. It's such a, you know, it's such an important first centre line. You know, I mean, you know, right back to when I started, when Dr. B said to me, if you can't just come down the centre line straight with a square heart and trot off, then that's no good to me. Yeah. And I've always remembered that. You know, and that was 30 years ago he said that to me. Yeah. Um, 
and it stuck with me, you know, and I always say to you, you know, presentation at the start of your test is, yeah. like, so important. Like I'm here. And corners, basically, for, for, for amateur people corners. Everything happens from a corner. Yeah. If you don't get lessons, if you're on your home, you know, on your own at home, cones in corners, make you go and ride around them, get your horse used to going around them, not leaning over. Yeah. Because, I mean, once they start leaning over, you're never upright, you never get the hind legs in the right place to, to start your movements. Yeah. So, that would be my... Corners. Yeah. And then, going on from when if people are at home, training on their own, what, the, what do you reckon the best resources for people training on their own, like a resource or ideas or that they should focus on? Cones in corners? Yeah, I mean, you know, and I, I mean, when I help people with pirouettes, you know, it's so easy, for instance, to collect collect a horse and, and have a really good feeling in a pirouette. But when you show somebody how far and how wide they made it and how big they made it, they have no idea because the horse gives them a sitting feeling, so they yeah, think they've okay. done a good turn. So again, you know, like if you're on your own, cones on diagonals, canter to the cone and turn the front end around the cone. Yeah. And then you'll realise how small a pirouette should be for a high mark. Because a lot okay. of people never get the hang of like, why Why do I only get a seven? Yeah. You know, when the horse really sits and turns. It's okay. all to do with size. Okay. Uh, and also what people need to learn is how to measure their control of the paces. I mean, you know, I, I still say to someone, you know, how many strides of trot do you do around a 10 metre circle? Well, you can be pretty sure that 99% would not know how many trot strides they do around a 10 metre circle. Yeah. yeah. But it's, you know, you wouldn't jump around a course without knowing your distances. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that, and because you know your distances, you ride forward with confidence. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. you know you're riding yeah. forward on eight strides yeah. to do that. If you're riding a 10 metre circle and you need to like not drop impulsion and not drop power, you know, you need to know how many strides your horse takes on it so that you have the confidence to ride it round that yeah. circle on however many strides your horse does round it. Yeah. When it's at its maximum. Yeah. You know, there yeah. are lots of little tips that can really like help people just because you know when we consider that that's what what most people lack, like, it's forward riding in balance. Yeah. They either do forward riding out of balance or then they take the impulsion away to make it feel better. Yeah. So, because it's easier to sit to, yeah. or, you know, all those things. So, you know, it's like it's an awareness of your horse's body and then how it moves and, you know, and how, at what pace do you balance it best, really? Yeah. Because that's what you're doing with everybody, you know, like teaching. Well, you all know that. I mean, teaching is generally. You know, if we're not talking about movements, it's generally teaching someone how to balance their horse. Yeah. yeah. So it feels nice to ride. And, you know, it's not a, you know, a pulling, overbend, yeah. you know, yeah. running mess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what makes a good student? And I guess what makes a good coach? Well, I mean, a good coach, I mean, I mean, it goes back to, like, business sense. And business sense is, you know, if you're... In business, you know, I was always taught is praise, criticise, praise. And that's always what I okay. think about as a coach. Okay. I always say, I look at it, that's a really nice horse, you're sitting quite well, you could really do something with it. Then you're criticised, if we like to call it that, it's probably the wrong word for a correction, but, you know, it is, but yeah, this is yeah, wrong, yeah. and, you know, we've got to change this, you've got to change that. And then always so someone can go away with a future, you know, a future for your next lesson. It has to finish with the homework and the, that you made that better. So even if that was small, let's stick with that. Yeah. So I think that's a good trainer. Um, 
I mean, there are lots of other points to it as well, you know, an understanding of movement, an understanding of balance. Um, you, you know, I... It's again, it's something you learn as you get older. I mean, you know, a lot of young people, and I was one of them. It's just, you know, you're training someone to compete, basically. You're just getting the job done. The older you get, the more books you read, the more, you know, understanding of biomechanics and, you know, and riders' movement and, you know, how to help someone become supple off a horse and all that sort of thing. You know, that sort of things that I think comes as you get older because that's, you should know all about that. Yeah. But that comes, you know, with. A, having time, B, having the interest. Yeah. You know, yeah. The, you know it's not interesting. It wasn't interesting to me, you know, when I was young. You just want to get out Exactly, you know, it was stuff. just, yeah. that was my thing, just competing. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and, a, and a pupil has to have, you know, and a good, and a good student just has to have, um, well, it is patience. I know it's a very obvious thing, but, I mean, patience that they take in what you're saying and that they also will... Ask questions. Yeah. I mean, you know, is Maybe it trust you? I don't know. Yeah, well, it's trust. If they trust you, they're going to ask you questions. But yeah. you know, like, I, you know, when I watch a lot of people teach, again, you know, like for instance, if we take an example, you know, do a half hold. Yeah. And then they just leave it, and then they do something else, and then you're here again. You know, don't forget your half hold. And I judged which was really interesting and this is what made me think about it two years ago I was judging the BHS British Horse Society Instructor of the Year oh, right. and I judged it on my own um, and I had eight finalists and I was hearing them all telling everybody to do a half halt so I said at the end of it when they'd all finished one person you know you are the finalist you're the eight highest and one of you told somebody what a half halt was the rest of you just said a half halt and I said, so if we now go to your pupils that you taught today, I said, let's go and ask them, what is a half hold? And of course, none of them knew. Yeah. They knew, the, they know the words. Yes. <laughs> but I they did didn't, they like weren't like, yeah, they didn't actually, they couldn't tell, they couldn't tell us what it was. Wow. Yeah. But their instructors also forgot to tell them what it was. Yeah. So um, that, that was a real eye opener to me because, you know, you know, these are all things that you learn from because I do the same thing, you know, unless I know someone knows what it is because I've told them before. Yeah, yeah. Or they're you an advanced rider, yeah. Yeah. But you can't assume, exactly. Yeah. And, a, and a good pupil must also, if they don't understand it, they must ask. Yeah. As much as we must tell them, they must ask. I mean, every, you know, the whole point of a good lesson is that you get something out of it, they get something out of it. Yeah. It's not a one-way street. No. And talk, because you said read more books and stuff, what would be your number one book? My own books are, you know, the art of horsemanship. My, my own books have been based on my experiences. Yeah. They're not, they're not no, FEI handbooks. And no, they're, they're different. Yeah, they're also relevant because the classical horsemanship books or the FEI definitions and all those sort of things which we all need to know about... But what they all lack is an explanation when things don't work. Yeah. Okay. For your average rider. Yeah. Um, and my books are more amatory, as in like, well, you might not read about this, so this is what you would do about it. So, okay. you, you know, that's a totally different sort of thing. I mean, I think for myself, um, there isn't one book I would take out in any particular. Um, 
thing. I mean, I'm reading them all. Put it that yeah. way. I'm reading Podarsky. I'm reading the Art Petals. I'm reading Steinbrook. No. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I have them all, and yeah. I've asked people to give them to me over the years so that I could like begin to get stuck into them and just see what it was all about. <laughs> a lot of it is not relevant. Yeah. Um, and it's very different. But I, I think the point is, like, as a a professional, I don't ever really read anyone else's stuff and think of criticising it because I just think that's wrong. You know, even if it doesn't feel relevant, I still feel there's something there that I can learn from. And that's the difference between learning and not learning. You know, because, I mean, those people yeah. just go around saying, oh, well, she does it wrong, he does it wrong, yeah. and that's not right, that's not... No, there isn't a rule to say who's right or wrong. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, there isn't. Yeah. So it is about, you know, fair riding, I think, and fair okay. teaching that's and being good. fair to the horse. Yeah, and that's good, yeah. Fair to your rider, you know. So you will find that in, in lots of different books that mean completely different things. Yeah, OK. So, yeah. you know, that's why I read them. Yeah. Um... That was really interesting. I read a. I just. I just finished reading last week. Um, Dressage around the world, and it was written by somebody I'd never heard of. He was a photographer, um, and it was all back in the like seventies. The photos were all from the seventies, and there isn't one horse in there on the bit. Not one. But. The yeah. text with it goes, this is the perfect corner. Well, the horse is leaning over and not on the bed. That was the perfect corner. And this is, so it, you can see why the older generation have problems, perhaps, with the newer generation. Because they are different photographs. Yeah. And anybody in, in the... And, and, the uh, and the pictures that were wrong examples were the horses that were on the bit. Nowadays, we would call them on the bit. Yeah. In the book, when they were on the bit, this is a serious thing, it said. Okay. You know, and those were the ones that were on the bit. So... So from a modern who day, decided that, I guess. exactly. Who did decide that? I don't know. I mean, because I always say, you know, when people criticise my riding or Charlotte's riding and say we're not classical, I'm, I'm doing what I was brought up to do. You know, nobody said I haven't changed. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I mean, you know, by the time I started in like 1990, when Rembrandt, Corlandus, Gigolo, Bonfire, um, Balkenhall, you know. All these people that were the metal types at the time, they were round on the bit horses. Yeah. That's what that's what my first memories of dressage were. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, you know, when yeah. people say to me, I'm like, well, who, I don't know. Who, why yeah. do you think that you know what happened before them was right? I mean, yeah. and my theory on all of that, or would have to be as well. Nobody X-rayed horses. Nobody scanned horses. Nobody measured strides or lengths of strides or how a horse moves when it's optimum when it's on the bit. So you know, it's all very well saying, you know, like the past is better, but you wouldn't have known as much scientifically in the past as you would now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, you know what I take from the past, which I really like, is the lightness. You know, and, and harmony and all that sort of thing. There's a lot. There's a lot of good there, but I mean, I, I just don't go with you know, like everything modern is wrong. But then, would you say the horses have changed shape too? It doesn't matter if they're not on the bit. They're not on the bit, are they? No, they're not. Yeah. Maybe they were a different shape because they weren't on the bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's that to take into account as well. Um, but also, when I watch old videos, yeah, it's almost like you accepted. 
what how the horse moved. They didn't they didn't, they didn't try, try and change it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what yeah. was missing with it yeah. when I watched all the old videos. Yeah. What was missing was suspension. Yes. Yes. So we're going back to that word expression again, which can be a dangerous word, which I always say that because you know you can create it out of tension or the wrong way. Yeah. But you know for impulsion and expression, which is expected in today's dressage, you need suspension. Yeah. Now. It doesn't mean that the horses today all have none of those sort of, you know, Nick Tuck had no suspension, Allegro had no suspension. You know, he was a powerful mover, but he didn't have the suspension. And Nip Tuck was a bad mover who's got better with learning learning through it. So you know, it wasn't that they couldn't have trained those horses, I'm sure, in the past. It's almost like it wasn't part of the training. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really interesting starting to study it a bit more. Yeah. And as I said, I don't consider who was wrong and who was right. I just what take what take, take yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember Scott Limestone was saying <laughs> about I think he was talking to Harry Bolt and I was watching old videos and he was almost laughing about how it used to be. Like look what we yeah. look what we look like. Yeah. You know, you know Trish Gardner. Yeah. She's done three Olympics. Yeah. She's 82. Yeah. She trained with Robert Hall, one of the greatest yeah. of his time basketball instructors. And Trish says to me herself, you know, we just didn't have them on the Yeah. You know, she said, we didn't. That's not how we rode. No. And it's really, like, comforting to hear somebody that's been there and done it, not somebody who just, you know, writes Turn it on an internet yeah. page or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's coming from the horse's mouth. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I've learned an awful lot from Trish. But she has moved with the times, and she said, you know, like... You know, I see exactly, you know, what's needed nowadays. And, you know, it's really important to have your impulsion and your throughness and your roundness. She said it was never talked about. Oh, you know, it was okay. never talked about, she said, in, in her day. Yeah. <coughs> and Harry Bolt, again, you know, like, I mean, uh, Harry trained me when I was at Dr. B's. Yeah. And already then, Harry was, you know, because he was riding Rembrandt as well for Nicole, yeah, and she'd yeah. broken her arm and this, that, and the other. Yeah. And he'd moved with the times and, you know... Yeah. Was a, you know became you know he just developed as yeah. you know as the evolution of it has those principles I exactly. guess right? yeah. yeah exactly yeah. Well, it wasn't abusive no but I mean you know like a good rider can make impulsion and expression without being abusive uh, you know, yeah. yeah and a conversation between me and a professional Alexander Technique person maybe teacher. Um, who's written many books, and uh, I asked her opinion on movement and self-carriage and, you know, a horse being in front of the vertical, how much, or if it's behind the vertical, where is their damage done? And um, so 24 hours later, she sent me a message, um, having given me some books to read, with her underlying... um, facts that she felt had helped her in her training to become a teacher and um, her message to me was you know don't let any book compromise your feel yeah and that's how important feel is and you know feels not talked about enough um but obviously you have to have the right feeling if someone's going to tell you that yeah uh, and so you might need help with your feel you know sometimes your feel isn't what you think it looks like but yes. somebody else on the ground will be able to help you with that yeah and then I would argue, like, some people are just so trying to keep everything under control. It's like, just, just let go. <laughs> just let go. Yeah, and move. You're on something moving. If you want to be still relative to it, just 
I don't know. That well, that's, that's another good thing, that movement in, movement in the stillness. You know, yeah, like, that's good too. As someone tells you that, because you know, like, you're trying to be still and elegant, so don't you get, make yourself uh, stiff and rigid. Stiff. You know, yeah. you've, got to, you've got to have movement within the stillness. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know, that should stop you being stiff if you think yeah. about that. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree, so it's okay. No. <laughs> So if you like died tomorrow and there was nothing left, what would be your three the three points that you'd want people to take away for their training? Everything you've written or said disappeared. Well, still harmony. Yeah. You know, I mean heart dress a good dress like is harmonious, without yeah. a doubt. Um, you'll always be working on straightness because we all do, so don't forget that. Just because your horse is crooked, it will always be unless you ride it straight. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the other thing. Funny that. Yeah, and, and thirdly, it's just accept, like I said, I, I accept that I don't, and, unless it's clearly wrong, you know, I, I accept that everybody has an opinion and everybody does yeah. it different, and everybody does it differently. Yeah, yeah. So. And that way, you know, you can actually enjoy the world of competitiveness, you know, without it all being she said this, she said that, or he said this, and he said that. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, you're, you're still doing sport because you enjoy it. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, I picked, you know, to be a competitor. Um, but I didn't expect, by picking to be a competitor, that people would assume then that they could write all about, you know, how I ride and this, I know, and put it out there on the internet if there's a wrong picture or a bad picture. And they say, oh, well, you're out there competing, you deserve to be picked on, you know, if they're going to do it. And I'm like, really? Yeah. So, you know, if I come to your school and take a picture of you riding and I take your worst shot stick in a magazine, how would you feel about that? Yeah. You know, so, you know, if you're going to enjoy it... You could yeah. look for the good, haven't you? Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. With your exactly. with your fellow competitors, with your trainers, and yeah. you know this, that, and the other. Yeah, and just do the right thing by the horse, I guess, isn't it? Yeah. So, what advice would you give, say, your twenty-year-old self now? <coughs> to have trained my own horses a bit quicker. Okay. Right. So I still, but I believe, you know, the ideal world is, you know, if we could put youngsters on schoolmasters and and the older people, you know, the more experienced riders on younger horses, there's your ideal world. Yeah. Because that's not ideal because not everybody has access to that. Um, I had access to that through Dr. B, so I learned very quickly yeah, okay. how to ride a Grand Prix because yeah. I had a lovely horse schoolmaster to teach me. Um, and I would just make sure that, you know, if, even though at the age of 27 I was there, which felt like quite old to me then, uh, here, <laughs> I am, here I am at 50, like, it was about 50 saying I felt quite old then, but what I meant was I'd already done a, a, an Olympics of World and a Europeans when I was 27 years old. Um, and I still presumed that, you know, I, people would just, you know, give me horses to ride. Okay. Um, so okay. the best advice was, you know, buy what you can afford and train it. You, you'll yeah. become a horseman like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather than always the best. Yes. Or always, you know, riding, you know, top horses. Because yeah. I've ridden lots of rubbish, rubbish ones all the way through. Once I left, Dr. Yeah. B's, you know, my life was full of your average horses. Yeah. For a while. You know, but Do you think that's what's made you different? Like, I mean, there's a lot of dressage riders even just in the UK, but, you know, obviously you're very successful. Uh, well, so it's what's made well, you different there? I don't, I'm not different. It's just that, you know, I am, you know, I mix up my competitiveness with, you know, 
being open to suggestions, the way we keep our horses, which everyone knows that anyway. Um, and, and yes, I've ridden lots of average horses, but I've also, you know, I still believe that you can make an average horse decent. Yeah. So it's funny because when people come to our yard for our open days or whatever, I realise what I'm saying is that I don't believe that any horse on my yard won't make Grand Prix. Okay. So I've got trust in all of them. I okay. believe in all of them that yeah. I will get them. I don't believe all of them will be stars. That's a different no, thing. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. I believe that I can get them all there, providing they're you know they're healthy, they're sound, and you know things will go in in, in their favours. But you know self belief in your in your own horses. Yeah. And that's a huge thing. Yeah. And I mean, we're having open days and all these things. What would be your best bit of business advice? You, you know, you've made a successful business out of all this as well. You know, the, the, the way to make a business out of it is definitely communication because you cannot make money out riding horses. Charlotte and I don't. Yeah. I mean, you know, the yard, my yard still runs at a loss yeah. at the end of a year and I have to put what I earn through teaching back into the business okay. to cover the cost. Okay. So there is no sort of like, oh, look at those riders at the top, they're making a fortune for it. Yeah, no okay. You can't charge people that sort of money to ride dressage horses. Yeah. Um, you know, your you know your bread and butter comes through teaching and, you know, either you can learn to produce horses to sell because there's always going to be some people that just would like to get on the finished product. Um, and the other thing is, like, you know, to be able to hold, you know, to be able to be able to tell people what you do. Yeah. yeah. So you have to have some sort of, you know, yeah, communication skills. And I mean, I was, believe it or not, the shyest thing, you know, when I was like 20. I mean, I didn't speak to anybody. Yeah. Like, the thought of doing a lecture demo. Well, then nearly killed me. Now, I mean, it's still, I find it. Yeah. So it doesn't go away. But I mean, at least I've learned to say what I do, why I do it, and how we, you know, so, and that, you know, is a living. Doing lecture demos is a living, and teaching is a living. So you need to learn it. There's no point if you're just going to be, you know, a little mouse going to be hard for you because yeah. you need to you if you're a talented writer you're obviously doing something you know you can feel it so tell people what your feeling is yeah. you know and, and if people like what you do they're going to come and listen yeah the racehorse how's that going not racehorse, but you got. I don't have a racehorse. No, I know. But the horse, like, didn't you get a horse from the track? Or, like, it wasn't at the track, it wasn't a racehorse, but it was that racehorse. Someone saw it. Oh, no, he, she was from a racing other. She's not racing ground. No, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, I know, yeah, I know, yeah, I know. No, no, she's actually Benison Dream DiMaggio. I mean, she's like hot stuff. Is she? She was elementary champion, yeah. She oh, right. won the six year olds at our national championship. Oh, did in she? Charlotte, yeah. Uh, oh, Charlotte yeah. was riding it. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, Charlotte, Charlotte is the benchmark now for people in England. I mean, we go to our national championship. She was novice champion, yeah. elementary, medium, advanced, medium, pre St. George. All on different horses. Yeah. All on different what, what horses. Is that? Like, what is it? It's the gift of balance again. That's what she does. So, yeah. But she can balance the horse. They move expressively. Okay. Not only is she accurate, you know, the showing side of her yeah. comes out in there. You know, there's not many test riders like her. Um, yeah, that's what she has. And I mean, that mare is really quite something. And again, it's another good story. Is that, I mean, you know, yeah. she was she was she was just difficult to break. That's why she was there. Okay. That's why she was in the jockey's yard so that they could. But in actual fact, I think she, you, you know, she just needed a bit of time. She was cold back. That's all. You know, just be careful. Don't try and be a hero and jump on. You know, I mean. Yeah. Needed, so what, you know, what stage was she at when you got her? Was she broken or? Yeah, they were just they were just riding around in a field, a bit okay. of all trot canter. Okay. Um, 
Oh, there you go. Yeah, and it's, it's moved, really well. you know, it's, it's starting to move in a way that's pretty, pretty special. Yeah. I think that's it. Australian dressage. I mean, the main thing is, is being able to be based with somebody so that you are having that regular... Re- you know, when you look at the three, to be honest, the three big factors in England, you've got the Vector Snipers, you've got the Arbergs, and you've got Charlotte and I. And we've been successful now for a long time as a, as a group like that. But what's the common factor? Laura has her father there behind her all the time watching her training her Michael has Ferdie there every day and Charlotte and I have each other every day and we're the ones that are consistent it just it, yeah. it's just a bit too obvious yeah. you know, as it were yeah. um, you know and Fiona is a sight one out there but she has been doing it for like 25 years and she's got an amazing horse yeah. um, okay. and she gets training when she can she's a mum of three so she can obviously just go and shove the horse with yeah. me and leave it there and train there we live too far away yeah. uh, so she has to do it slightly unconventionally and the same with Spencer um, but I know that if those two could Spencer and Fiona actually have been based you know they were yeah. they are the horses that could have gone another they've got another 3% in them yeah. Okay. Yeah. but you know detail is what comes from doing it every day you don't, yeah. sh- you don't yeah. shove that in at the last minute yeah yeah. You can't, you know, because yeah. it has to become a way of going and it's, yeah. it's inbuilt in you. So, you know, and you're such a big country, that's the problem. It's a small population, it's such a huge country, and you're all so far away from each other. Yeah. So it's having but, that just you know, exactly. all the time, yeah. I guess. So, I, I think that's probably what it still boils down to. Yeah. And you, I mean, obviously you and Charlotte work together and watch each other. Is there anyone else you go to? Is there anyone else that you bring up and say, I've got a problem, I don't know, any ideas? Yeah, I mean, video? you know, Anna Van Olst, who I used to train with when I had yeah, basically card. I mean, course, we're still, yeah, you know, we're still great time. friends. Yeah. Uh, and Anna and I chat on the phone maybe yeah. once every three months, and we yeah. sometimes, like, flash it out for, like, two hours. All right, I'm going to go and stay with her in February. Okay. You know, at the Stallion show, and I'll go and stay with her for a couple of nights, and we just, you know... Yeah. It's just ears, eyes, you know, talking about it. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, you know, Charlotte and I have a system now which obviously we're comfortable with, yeah. you know, and it works and, and we can just have each other and we do. I mean, yeah. like, in between, we're, we're so different characters, you know, like, in between we tend to, we ride with each other, but, you know, we now, I'm not, yeah. like, helping her every day and I don't want to be helped every day either yeah. because okay. I like to ride quiet in between shows at home and... Okay. Charlotte writes to win a gold medal every day. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. So I have to like say, you know, you need to back off, slow down, give that one a break. Uh, and, uh, and just at times that she needs to say 
to me, no, you need to like get some impulsion in that and get that thing moving a bit more. And I'm like, no, no, I'll save it for the show. <laughs> and then she's like, no, you need to start now. You know, so we're actually, because of because we are yin and yang, you know, we are like... probably works quite well. It, it does, yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. Have you ever met a horse to have a crack? Um, it's not a question of not being able to crack. I haven't had one we haven't been able to crack. I've had horses that I felt that their limitations yeah. meant not to push them all the way there. Okay. And those ones, you know, like, you know, you learn as you get older, don't make them do it, you want them yeah. to last. Okay. So, like, it's accepting, like, you know, it's, it's got a little piaf and a little passage. And that's just how, and that's how he's going to be. So let him be, you know, for go back to his owner or for somebody that just wants to, like, ride national level, things like that. Yeah. Um, and that's what I mean about, you know, I expect them all to make Grand Prix, but to what... To what level? Yeah. Degree, you yeah. know, we can't... And that's the wonderful thing about having Allegro in New York. I mean, we have the gold level benchmark. So it's kind yeah. of like, which ones are showing promise to be like that? Which ones will never be like that? Yeah. Um, and, you know, so it's just been really, like really like good in the art to have that but it's also helped me as an older rider like you know it's why it's why it's why you can't have any jealousy because at the end of the day for instance when Charlotte does the, that superb test and Nip Tuck does the best test he can possibly do it's different but it's still it's still both horses trying their guts out um, and me coming out going there's nothing more I can do and her coming out so, but, so there's no point in me going well why is it not I get a gold you know, it's different they're yeah. not the same horses, you know. Yeah. They don't have the same mechanics, yeah. um, and that's really that's a good place to be like that because yeah. then you don't get frustrated. You know, you just going to do your thing, I guess. Yeah, you're satisfied with your own performances yeah. and your horses, yeah. basically. Yeah. That's what that boils down to. Lip has been a perfect training tool for me at my age because you know you think you could you could you could think you've been doing it that many years. Yeah. That you know that's the mold, and then. I've had some amazing horses in my past, but um, the ultimate feel that I've been looking for of what would feel like a perfect test yeah. or what's a perfect self-carriage, I get more out of Nick Tuck, although yeah. he's the worst of the lot, yeah. let's say, yeah. in the nicest possible way. Um, you know, I've learned to find the right feel with him. Yeah. And that's, been, that's what's been so rewarding about riding him. You know, yeah. the fact that I can get him, I think, in a better self-carriage despite the fact he doesn't have the hind legs of any of the other horses I've ridden before. So, you know, it's it's just rewarding, and that's what makes it exciting that he changes every year. And so, yeah, again, it does. Yeah, yeah. that's telling you something, you know, like, there's trust that gets better every year, there's strength that gets better every year, uh, and then the harmony gets better, because I'm able to let go, and I'm able to try and, like, Yeah, and kind of let him do it, yeah, yeah. Um, um, hopefully his spooking will get less. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's my next year's mission. <laughs> that's Stop next year. bloody spooking. That's why I'm doing the World Cup. So I'm like, look, every, oh, in, right. well, every indoor arena is a nightmare, you know, for me. And for him. So I'm like, you're going to have to get used to this. Yeah, yeah. No more pats. You know, big boy, get on with it. Get on with it. Yeah. Uh, it's, been, it's been a good talk. We've covered a fair bit there. We've covered a fair bit there. So? Transcribe that. Excellent. Pleasure.